Uh, welcome back. Yes, Great welcome back. An events podcast. I'm Dooner. And I'm Mike Vincent. Oh, I just read a great, so you guys just saw me up here, I'll put that coffee down, or a guy who looks similar. Was that you? He was wearing a vest. I, it was Kevin Hill, George Abernathy, and some guy I didn't <laughs> recognize. Guy. I don't know who he was. One of those he wasn't besties. wearing that, though. He was, just a different one. <laughs> uh, but, so, speaking of Slack, though, we encourage a lot of conversation. Uh, that's one of the things I love doing about doing Put That Coffee Down is it, is it inspires all that networking and all that conversation. So, we, we saw it a does. bunch of people sharing their, their LinkedIn links within the home Slack channel. And Susan Fall, she made a great point, and we didn't touch on this, and I wish we did on Put That Coffee Down. She says, this was fantastic, truly. The one thing I'm learning with these v- virtual conferences is that you must block your day as though you really were at a conference. When I blocked my calendar for this, I booked other meetings around it. She really wished she hadn't done that. Next time, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. There's, there was actually a comment on our website from, uh, from some guy. And he writes, today I only got to watch about 30 minutes as we were working all day. It's impossible to watch a TV show for eight hours rather than be there. That's true, and it is. If you treat this like, like it's a TV show, then it would be. But it isn't at all impossible. I mean, if that's your level, if that's your bar for impossible, your bar for possibilities must be not very well, high. I, 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 I agree with him in the fact that if he's scheduled meetings all day, it's impossible to watch TV for eight yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you, won't be, you won't be engaged in one or the other. Yeah, but I have to say I, I 100% agree with, with Susan Fall. You have to treat it like a, a live conference because guess what? It is. No, I know. And the people who are getting the most (laughs) out of this, and I keep stressing it because I'm just such a proponent of virtual networking is the ones who are within our Slack channel. Again, free to register for. You can make tons and tons of, probably more so. I bet if we poll everyone after, where do they make more connections at this event or in person at event? Because I know I for sure have have about 75 80 new oh, yeah. linkedin requests oh yeah just yeah. in the past 24 hours yeah they've been yeah oh yeah they've been they've been flying in and i 100% agree and my money's 100% on if you ask that question the people who are actually taking advantage of it, 100% are going to say that networking here is yeah. is is actually actually easier than live cuz i can instantly network with everybody at this conference inst- instantly yes and as often as i want to you can't do that when you're sitting in an auditorium yeah. I had to travel to this event because I, I had to come in here. My commute, by the way, I think in the self, they think I live that, here. I sleep right. They think that COVID-19 has been cured. Like there was actually a little traffic here today. My commute took about 20% longer. Instead of taking five minutes, it took seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people, yeah. people are out, man, unless Paul and oh, I mean, I felt like I was maced by Mother Nature this morning. My eyes were all red, you yeah, know, I could bad. barely get my contacts in, but powered yeah. through it because I knew I had to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, right. Yeah, it, pollen is incredibly bad. Yeah, we just had a demo play right before we came up, too. Oh, the, the big demo? Oh, yeah. Did you see it? It was incredible. So uh, the big announcement of platform science telematic software being embedded into Daimler Trucks, a.k.a. the largest truck maker in North America. It's a great story on FreightWays.com with the announcement. And by the way, Jake Fields, uh, founder and CTO of Platform Science, he'll be live with us today at 5.05. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that one. Closing our closing thing, the closing episode for today, and then there'll be the icebreakers by Loadshore afterwards. But part of that closing statement, Jake Fields, founder, CTO, Platform Science, 505 Eastern Time, booking in your calendar. 
Uh, interesting stuff, too. The partnership will, will initially focus on key fleet management solutions, including the electronic logging device, workflow, driver inspection, navigating options, fleet-specific apps. Eventually, the service aims to develop apps for a range of software providers to single telematics-enabled platform. The platform signs Internet of Things, an exciting thing in and of itself, sorts out the enterprise and large fleet compliance, productivity, safety needs. And by the way, this company was ranked number 10 on the 2019 Freight Tech Top 25, which were honored in Chicago. Wow. That, now, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing is impressive. It, it is really cool. But you know what else is impressive? What? Winning a Freight Wave Shipper of oh, yeah. Choice Award. Yeah, a little, little cowbell for all the shippers <laughs> of choice out there. Right. We kicked the show off today with that Shipper of Choice Award. We looked at a whole bunch of things. One of the first ones there was availability, and you know who dominated AgriMark, they're from my part of the world, Andover, Massachusetts. Yeah, AgriMark did dominate, did they not? Yeah, they were they were up at the top for efficiency, up at the top for uh, for well, availability, yeah. making the loads there, being efficient, and those are kind of tied together. They're they, also uh, there for what for facilities as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> it really was, and then best overall. Ag- Agri-Mark. 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 But uh, there was also, we did ask drivers too, right? We wanted to see what they appreciate. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a little bit different. So when we were, th- the other awards, a lot of these similar companies won each time, right? Yeah. Uh, but then you go to the driver's side, and it's telling a little different story. Cargill, Kitchen Solutions, Costco, all huge ones. But whenever we do those driver surveys too, driver satisfaction surveys, I know WorkHound does a lot of those. Yeah. The, the difference in what the the top floor cares about and the guys behind the wheel care about are usually don't match up. Yeah, no, they don't. There, there is some difference. Although, you know, you, you have to you have to look through this a little bit because you see uh, different divisions of Nestle. Yeah, are they the only ones that also showed up in the driver? I think they were Nestle Cold Store. I think they were, and you know, they used to have a bad reputation. So they have made some inroads. Maybe all this talk about shipper of choice has encouraged them to put a better facility out there and make a better driver experience. Could be, but kudos to them for making it into that category as well. Yeah, you know what was a learning experience, though, was <clears throat> the industry keynote with Derek Leathers, CEO, Warner, and George Abernathy, president of Freightways. Michael Caney, he's one of our sonar guys. He's been on Put That Coffee Down. He said on Slack, Derek talking tech and the driver experience, broker automation, geofencing, innovation, adoption of forward-thinking investments will continue to drive innovation. Great job, Warner. What stuck with you from all that? Well, you know, what stuck with me was he talked about forward-thinking and he talked about innovation and what needs to come in the future and, and so on and so forth. But what struck struck me is that they were able to actually position themselves and survive and, and succeed during during this crisis because they are forward thinking and because they take these things into account, right? So, I, I mean, a crisis exacerbates just even the very small inefficiencies that are, that are, that are out there, right? And to succeed, they had to be forward thinking solution providers, from what he talked about being mode agnostic in and how they service and, pr- and craft these these solutions for their customers during this time, because yeah. he was talking about how the urgency changed from uh, intermodal to over the road and not and not the opposite way around. So they had to rethink and just listen to what their customers were talking about from that. But also, he said they were out in front of things and looking for the PPE pr- uh, prioritization. Right, got to be able to see as far as possible that yeah, road. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. By the way, we had a few comments here. John Barry, he said he originally planned on just having this on in the background like he does with news broadcasts and go about his day. Yeah. But he learned yesterday the content was too engaging and didn't get much prospecting done. Keep getting sucked in. Do your prospecting here. Go go see what all, okay. all these great services are. Yeah, this you is can your prospect you're working. like crazy. Absolutely you can. It's, it's a no sad state of affairs it. if you have to. And I can understand if you do. Virtual conference is kind of new. but And there's probably some salespeople out there that are having to do the hard work of explaining to upper management that this is a full work day. This is like going to a conference and yeah. you are saving them a ton of money. So if you're, I don't know, send your boss our way if he's giving you any blowback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll convince him. Eric Sorti, he said, dude, you're absolutely right about connecting. I have, uh, so the majority of the time people don't, oh, he's, <laughs> I don't want, I won't repeat what he said. He's got, okay. he's got a resting face that people don't want to approach. He can't make connections, but through the, the veneer of the digital world, um, <laughs> gotcha. he's much more acceptable <laughs> to be whoever you want online, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, innovation, right? It cannot stop after COVID-19. It must move forward, although innovations will be difficult with people spread all over the map and working from home, maybe. 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 But uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mean, yeah, no, you make a great point. Great stuff on customer relationships and product development. Right. Yeah. So the generalist who can present a full suite of services and create customized plans for their specific uh, customers needs. Right. Uh, and then call in the, the freight expert. That's what they were talking about. Right. Mm. It was as their salespeople. So they have the generalist that can go in and speak to eh, the whole suite of what is going on and listen to those. And you guys were talking about that. and put that coffee down as mm. you as you normally do, like you were talking today. Right. You're talking about the, the you know, the, the person coming in and just putting their and they'd have to, you know, putting their name on the table. They, they need to establish that trust. So that 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 generalist that comes in. They build that trust. We can solve these things. Listen, find out what's coming in, bring in the relief hitter who specializes in uh, getting lefties out. You know, you know what the one thing you do lose a little bit in translation when you, you go digital like this and you're working remote is the hearsay innovation. So you overhear someone in another department or you walk in a conversation about some problem someone's having, things that you wouldn't otherwise be privy to. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's he true. Said, nobody said, though, that to as we round out that that keynote he said that he's looking towards a may recovery it's may dude you think by the end of the month you think craig fuller's gonna win that great debate against zach strickland yeah you know i'm watching i'm looking in sonar every single day because I, i'm an optimist and i really want that over i want it to be 95 to ten thousand. let's yeah. go to ten thousand. I, I want it as bit as high as possible right i want us to recover and we are recovering <laughs> but you know it, it, it you need to keep in mind that we, we've never gone through a recovery like this no I mean, our recovery is dependent on resurgence of COVID and, and not only people's sentiments on do they have the disposable income and can we go, but do they feel safe going out? So there's all these things and it, it's going to fluctuate back and, and forth. And right. And I, I think I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking Zach might be right. Yeah. Watching what's going on. We saw a diverse array of demos. Any of those stick out to you? One of them uh, that I thought was really cool was the 53-foot, the, the Intelli scan. It scans the 53-foot containers. I've done a was ton. Was It was uh, Osperian, but their, their product is called IntelliScan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the product is called yeah. IntelliScan. And I've been on a lot of different port tours. And one thing I'll tell you about port tours is every, they always do a demonstration of scanning. Uh, I mean, these are 40s and 20s, but they always do the demo where they do the scan and the faxes. Yeah. And it takes forever, and it makes you realize, like, wow, not only is this process super inefficient, but it's not really accomplishing much for anybody. It's not – when you can only <laughs> scan so few containers a day, you're just getting a very small sample size. How much, how much bad stuff is getting through? 
Oh yeah, a, a lot. And I was in maritime for for a number of years for about, for about eight years, and it's amazing yeah. how much stuff does not get scanned. Well, and then there's the stuff that coming. we take more seriously, and you, and right? You lose. <laughs> like I've done CT pad before, and yeah. they, you know, they try, like for the terrorism, you're looking for. Like, yeah. Look, when we when we're doing a scan, what I think that most shippers and carriers would love scanning for is so they can see if the damn thing's open or not, or yeah. how much space is in there, and get information that way. Right. Right. And what Intellitrans or what Intelliscan does, the Spirian product. When I was yeah. looking at that, I was thinking about my days back in the. 1980s in Toledo, Ohio, Hagman Road, Roadway Express, as a dock supervisor and having to go out and do a line haul yard, drop yard check of trailers. And it was a major line haul yard relay between Chicago Heights and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's huge. Wow. And minus five, wind blowing, checking Man, I could have used this. <laughs> I think one of the best uses of tech is to remove redundant and tedious tasks. Even Absolutely. setting up for a show like this, people in production, you setting up your eight screens at home, me having to set up all these different things for these different shows. You, There's so many tasks I, I wish could just be be automated and moved over, and HubTech is using Tabby to focus on that. Not necessarily for my needs, but the needs that it is for are pretty damn cool. Yeah, they, they absolutely are, right? You, you think back to, I, th- I think back to, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I could use it for today, but I, I, when I was watching, I was thinking back to managing the sales force uh, uh, here and at other companies, and how much easier it would have been to have this stuff. For, from biz dev side yeah. to, to sales and getting back to customers instantly and with information they're looking for hey, what by the way event. Mitch Hickson he says that he says you got to pick up your style a little bit you're you're a little you're a little too corporate up you're you're taking my style down Mitch okay. I I agree he's usually going full bore yeah I was talking about Mitch earlier and I held back on him on slack yesterday. oh you did yeah he was talking about <laughs> he's talking about Ben Gordon's books and I was going to remind Mitch that my daughter's still waiting for him to return his her Peppa Pig books that she he uh borrowed. All right, you guys can take this one offline. All right. The other one we saw there was Emerge Marketplace, booking, tracking, reporting. How important do you think it is to create a platform that keeps users within that same ecosystem? I I think it's incredibly important. You know, and we were talking about the eight screens and everything, and you're bragging about eight screens. I I use my eight screens because I'm not in one platform. Yeah. It it, would have been better to say, hey, uh, I'm on one screen. Guess why? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like. Uh, you know, it's almost I like they're on your nails, like you know, with with watches and earpods, and then eight different monitors and devices and things. It's a lot, and then you got a kid. You also got a baby monitor. Yeah, if you're you working do. from home, you don't need the you baby do. monitor because they're just going to scream all day anyway. A- absolutely, and, and uh, like George said, up put that coffee down. When you got eight monitors, you better be sure you're on a right up monitor when you hit send. Yeah, <laughs> well, we've got sixty four right here, but they're all showing the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. that makes so it a little well. Easier. They're on the same platform. Yeah. <laughs> We had that fireside chat, right? Very important topic right now is corporate and social responsibility during a crisis. Yes. With Emily Zink and Matt McClellan from Covenant. Uh, those two, they were in zinc or what? <laughs> uh, I, I have an in zinc shirt. I wish I would have worn it today. Oh, yeah. Like, this, this is a huge topic, though, right? She, yeah. She'll be the Aaron Carter of, uh, of the in zinc. Uh, let's, let's look at it. But look at Amazon. Look at Tyson. Places that, that workers are deemed essential. There's been outbreaks. There's been protests at some of these locations. Um, the optics of it are, you know, these stories get big on the Internet. The optics of it aren't great for the brands. I'm sure the Amazons and Tysons of the world will recover from all of that. But right now, when you have that much heat on you, it looks tough. And this becomes a big topic of conversation. It, it is a big topic of conversation. And a Harvard Business School did, did studies on this to see. And there's been a dynamic change. Before, this was not looked on as very favorable to be spending money on CSR. Yeah. Right. But now. 
now it is a positive. And right, and one of the subsequently more favorable evaluation of firms with high CSR scores is now the norm. Why? Why was it? Why was it so low? I, 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 I mean, so their studies and their timeframes were. I mean, back in the day. I mean, back in the day, fifties, forties. Yeah. Right. So, seventy years ago, and it was just profit, 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 and the and the uh, the social the the our our society wasn't really that in tune with it. Now it's important. Consumers are, they want to know that they're supporting a, a good company. Yeah. Speaking of Amazon, I was just reading on FreightWaves.com, their brokerage is going national, right? Wow. Exciting yeah, stuff. It is. We, we had some more demos, and I love the rapid-fire demos. And someone put it poignantly on Slack that, that Anthony Smith really makes them because it's his positivity beforehand. And you're like, oh, maybe this is a commercial break. It's a demo coming up. I'll go take a walk. But then they see Anthony come on, and yeah. then they're, they're roped right back in. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> He's good at that. Well, one of them, you one you of don't the, want to disrespect Anthony either. I think uh, people know that they're not in for a long time either. It's still seven minutes. We kept that yeah. format from what we do from live, and I Which think is that. Which th And if there's any more refinements you want us to see to do with that, leave it in the Slack channel. We are. This is our first event too. We're completely open to suggestions. One of the cool ones we saw was Cartel. It's a digital platform built for carriers that is looking down to break down that barrier to entry. Yeah, it, it is, and I, and I like the fact. The thing that stuck out to me with this one here is that it's 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 carrier focused by carriers. Yeah. Built by carriers. So that, that's kind of what really stuck out to me if I had one point to really bring out. An excellent platform. I, I like their demo, but they really got across that message. Also, a fireside chat with JT Ingstrom, our own chief strategy officer. He was talking to Grant Goodell, founder and CTO of Convoy, the future of freight and the importance of supply chain innovation. Another huge topic. They were talking about batching, work job efficiency, via tech to better utilize equipment by optimizing routing. Not necessarily replacing people, using optimization. Although, you know what? If I was in that fireside chat, there was a great topic that was brought up yesterday, and we've been talking on, on what the truck and other shows is that just in time versus just in case and what that means to an optimized world. Because look at the most optimized networks, things like Uber, completely optimized, optimized exactly to the market. And ironically enough, those disruptors have been the most disrupted in this disruptive event. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. But I, I loved the batching. Yeah. I, I, I loved what he was talking about. Because, I mean, help if you're going to help carriers, if they can do this to scale, which they will, I have no doubt. Grant and, and uh, excellent company doing excellent things. I know Grant very well. Uh, but, you know, helping carriers reduce their head and improve turn times. That's, oh, that's yeah. good for everybody. I mean, improving that skill. Will uh, rate volatility, yeah. capacity being out of place, that type of stuff and improve the amount of capacity. Just improve the mileage or the miles per hour by the average truck driver, and you improve the capacity availability because you have more turns. You and I have been covering the broker versus trucker debate, and one thing that's often ignored in that, and when I see a lot of the, the, the trucker side, right, coming in, they, they ignore the importance of carrier and shipper pools when they're making that argument. And to me, that, that's, a, that's a dishonest way to argue because you know that carriers and you know that shippers, they can't go out and vet everybody every single time they no. want to perform at scale and the ones that do they know it's the junk freight that's going to end up a lot of times in the spot market especially in conditions like now yeah, stuff that and that's where the value through. in that software comes from uh, i agree and if you're looking for an argument you you got the wrong guy don't have an <laughs> argument here uh, I, I i'm definitely with you and and jeff clark he's going to be on with us later today right he is going to be on with us today he's got a great motto i'll let him say it because 
I'll get bleeped if I do. <laughs> we'll I said it twice it on air and it skipped through, but we'll let him do that. But I'd love to hear his opinion on that as well, because really getting his apparent, his, his, the driver's perspective on what they want to see in innovation. Uh, right on. Day number two? Yeah, day number two. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's two. It's, yeah, it's two. I know we were just up here. It feels like we were just here an hour ago. <laughs> we were here just an hour ago, but in that hour. Oh, uh, yeah. No, a, lot, a lot's <laughs> happened. There's some great yeah. conversations. We'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to what's coming up next. But first, at truckstop.com, we're in it for the long haul. Our marketplace helps drive the success of the entire freight industry by giving carriers and brokers an efficient way to collaborate with access to trusted partners and the right tools. The road to success is wide open. Go to truckstop.com. Yeah. Let's move. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. I like the way you took care of that truck stop because I'm, I'm not that smart. I wouldn't be able to put oh, that. Oh, like to tell you. Where, where do you go? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I learned my, what was the other? Uh, we know. won't give them a plug. But there was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Dave uh, Abel yeah. president and CEO of the Dart Network. He's in that Slack channel. And we keep stressing it. But join the Slack channel. Join the conversation. Yeah. Love interacting with you guys between shows, seeing what you're putting up there now. But Dave Abel's president and CEO of the Dart Network. He said, great conversations on what the truck. Those who see little value to the event aren't even realist. Even if this were live in-person event, we would all have segments we would need to step away from and conference calls we had to attend. So I'm handling just as I would if it were live. I attend these sessions I want and run my business concurrently. Good stuff, Dave. Yeah, he's got it figured out. Yeah, Mr. Supply does. Chain, he's got a question. He says, Craig Fuller, can you run an autonomous vehicle with an AS400? <laughs> so got, well, the carriers are going to try. <laughs> a little continuity debate from yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, Lisa Petty from uh, the American group, Craig Fuller can't answer this, but maybe we can. He said, what about getting what about getting into a random car in general, regardless if a driver or not is there? I, I've, I've usually avoided getting into just random cars. When I I mean, to, it's not my car. I've usually like ordered it or signaled that I wanted it somehow. Hey, Pura Vida, homie. When I was <laughs> I went to Costa Rica for my honeymoon, and this was pre Uber. So yeah. and there they don't have marked cabs. No, like, yeah, you yeah, right. Go to your hotel. I was, yeah, I was in Bolivia for about four months. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, I I'm just going to this guy Celica. <laughs> All right, I guess that's the way we're doing things. <laughs> Well, this is a great hour, my man. We'll be Skyping out to Justin Bailey. He's a co-founder, chief strategy officer at Rose Rocket to talk about what it means to be shipper-centric. Yeah, exactly. And then it's none other than Rishi Mahra, Ooh. director of strategy Trimble Maps, to talk about how they have been supporting the transportation community. After him, we got my guy, Jeff Clark, behind the wheel. Two, two drivers Jeff out Clark. there. He Vote acts like Jeff. my eyes and ears on the road and helps me keep these conversations relevant, grounded, and plus funny dude. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Vote for Jeff. Then we have Charlie Jatt, trucking commercial lead at Waymo. Uh, in conversation centered around commercial operations and working with fleets to forge partnerships and customer relationships. Wait, how can autonomous tech have relationships? It's a driverless car. How can tech and relationships exist in the same sentence? I just can't figure it out. <laughs> That's what it's all about. You figure it out. 
<laughs> we got it. We can do it. What else we got going on? Gives you the time to do it. There were some great talks. We didn't have a ton of time to run through them, but there was that waves talk with we uh, did with Dan, Dan Connor. Connor. Yeah, founder and partner. Neil, he was our, our first CFO. Was oh, Dan wow. Connor. Yeah, known him for a few years. He's now a, he's a he's, founder and partner to Send Venture Capital. He he is. That's right. Uh, very interesting guy. And he, and he what he it was he, what he did really is he brought in some really important food for thought. You know, just talk, talking about the data driven age, not just yeah safety of data, but that slippery slope of how that data is going to be used. What about CEO and founder Craig Fuller talking to Will O'Donnell, managing partner at Prologis Ventures? They were talking about what's next for the supply chain, how recovery will look. Highly recommend you go and, and see what two titans like that think the industry is going to morph into and shape into. Exciting stuff from them. Yeah, absolutely. And they're excel. You know, they talked about anonymous and Craig likes to see what is your big prediction, that type of stuff. So Craig was driverless human support will be or driver. Yeah. Driverless human transport will be more favorable post COVID. They both agreed that COVID-19 has accelerated that as we've talked about and discussed on this show. And right before airtime, Alfonso Quijano, CEO at Leantech IO and CTO at Leantech. He joined Kevin Hill talking about Medellin 2017 Vinny Chase film. (laughs) <laughs> and the, the Silicon Valley Silicon of South Valley. America. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Welcome back. To yeah, welcome truck. back. More right commercials. On, we talked about this. The Super Bowl. It's like the Super Bowl. You get to see all these ads that yeah. I haven't seen. Because the regular TV, you don't play. You don't see a ton of transportation ads. The one place I've noticed a lot more recently is in YouTube. Just because I watch so much Freightways content, the the ad server is starting to pump a few of those out to me. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's figured out your likes. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool stuff. Yeah, speaking yeah. of speaking of likes, we got some great comments and a very active Freightways TV Slack channel for what the truck. It's uh, it's right down on the board if you're in our Slack channel. If you're not registered now, what are you doing with your life? Trey Griggs, global director of sales at HubTech. He said, uh, "Let's go, Dooner Michael Vincent. What you got for us today?" Chris Thornton says, "Nice Adidas jacket." Yeah. So happy to see Chris Thornton join us today. John Walters, CSO, DL Cartel. New segment, new look, kicking old school. John Walter, I met him a year ago at the live event. I'm meeting whole new people, and so are you oh, yeah, at absolutely. the virtual event. Everybody uh, is. Tim Olick, the banana's coming back. It's been on the whole time. It was just black before. Nicole Barrett said uh, the intro to What the Truck is funny. And Susan Falsch says she loves the costume changes. She feels like she's watching the Emmys. Oh, that's right. I'm like Susan Lucci. We're like the em- we're the Super Emmys, the Super Bowl and the Emmys. Yes. Always a bridesmaid, Super never Emmys. a bride. <laughs> Justin Beal. We got Justin Beal, co-founder, chief strategy officer, Rose Rocket, Skyping into us from, do you know where he's Skyping in from? Toronto. There we he were is. talking about Toronto, that. Toronto, north yeah. of the border. There you are. Lovely painting behind him. How are you, Justin? Hey, guys. Good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Justin, you have an impressive resume. Uh, you're the co-founder, chief strategy officer of Toronto-based freight tech company Rose Rocket. You help teams build modern enterprise grand software that helps transportation companies improve communication with systems, customers, and people. We're going to talk today, right? Oh, he's also a published author, a keynote speaker, and a father of four. You must be loving quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it has been uh, equally busy at home, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a break and going back to work. Yeah, <laughs> well, Vince and I just said a, a bunch of stuff. We know that you want to talk about this shipper-centric model and how things fit in. You put a big announcement on Freightways.com about a month ago. So tell us your tale. What's going on with Rose Rocket? Yeah, so so Rose Rocket was. Uh, I think it, it's helpful to talk a little bit about where we where we've come from. So Rose Rocket. Prior to being Rose Rocket, we we started the founding the founding crew. Um, we'd started a, a TMS for shippers at that time, 
and really with, a, with an LTL focus to it. And one of the big challenges we ran into with that with that product was we couldn't get connected to the to the carriers. They effectively weren't on the internet. And so we saw at that time, this would have been around 2010, 11, that there were there was a a a group of of companies that were starting to think about marketplaces um, on the shipper side. But we really thought, you know, until that the carriers are online, um, and really this is thinking above sort of the six truck and plus market, um, until those those carriers are online, then the marketplaces really, really weren't going to work. So how did we create connectivity and how do we bring that that stream of of carriers uh, you know onto the internet? Um, and that's that's how Rose Rocket really got started and in, in what we're what we're working on today. Justin, you said Rose Rocket is on a mission to modernize the trucking industry by helping organizations become more customer-centric so they can differentiate themselves and exceed. With this new solution, Rose Rocket is helping transform the order management experience by allowing the business-to-business market to have increased visibility into orders, ultimately helping to increase overall transparency for customers. Drill a little deeper with us on that. Sure. So if you think about a, we'll pick an LTL network, I think it's pretty straightforward that you have a um, uh, a large LTL carrier um, that may work with dozens or a hundred or more uh, partner carriers. So as much as on the shipper side, you have a, a vis- visibility platforms that will give direct connection into the carrier. Um, if you're going into large enterprise carrier with APIs, as soon as that carrier hands that freight to somebody else in their network, well, it goes into the black hole. So the visibility falls down. And so how do you then you create a network of all of the carriers, not just the big ones, to facilitate true end-to-end visibility, not just within the existing assets of the carrier that you're connected to. Really interesting stuff. So after yesterday's show, there was a lot of conversation started around something we touched on, which is we're moving forward. Uh, Is it just-in-case stockpile economy versus our just-in-time model? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um. Sorry, can you answer the question? You kind of broke up on me a little bit. Oh, I'm that? sorry. So the, the question is, do we need to move to a just-in-case stockpile economy, or will we, versus our just-in-time economy that we have right now? Oh, God. Um, you're asking me to predict sort of something I, I don't I, – I can't really speak to where the, where the world is going. Um, but I think generally when we face anything that – I think getting into the binary conversation is difficult, so we probably land somewhere in the middle, not to give a non-answer, but I doubt it's either or. It's probably a little bit of both. Gotcha. Yeah. Understood. No, I mean, I, I would yeah, agree with him on one. that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a tough question, and that's why it, it really to, is to ask it. And I don't think – I think the right answer is that we don't all have the, the answer yet. Where do you think that your solutions fit in, though, in this post-COVID world? As yeah. we all sort of sit here at this, what may be a turning point, hopefully is it turning point, and we want to re-enter into the workflow. What's the plan over with you guys? Yeah, I think, I think COVID's been interesting in terms of it, it hasn't necessarily changed people's businesses. It's just accelerated where they were going, probably. And so I think for us, the What's happened? If I look at our own business, even you know, we we really had to call down a lot of our our growth numbers for this year. I think like a lot of companies, but we looked at how can we be more uh, engaged uh, and and value add to our existing customers. And I think that that I'm seeing play out. And when speaking to uh, customers we have or, or other trucking executives, that seems to be a general consensus. So I think. The idea that we we have a lot of value already in our in our books of business and thinking more strongly about those relationships, I think that is something that that certainly continues to to move as we move out of COVID. Because when we come into COVID, quite frankly, 
we don't know where we're going to land. Are we going to land right into the middle of an existing recession? And I, and I think we have to be careful about getting too bullish on a, on a huge spike recovery. And we're still going to have to consider um, maybe some, some numbers that might not be as, uh, you know, I don't think we can get right back on track in terms of our, 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 you know, prospects for the year in terms of sales numbers and what have you. So I think there will be a continued emphasis on, on existing customers and providing more value to those customers. So our solution really, really does that thing. We are helping uh, carriers get their networks online, become more efficient, become more uh, streamlined in terms of their operations. And, and again, offer more value to their customers with true end-to-end visibility from within their own private network. You know, what we're doing right now is so directly linked to the conditions and the times doing this virtual event because of yeah. of COVID-19. I mean, I was sick of saying COVID-19 back in February, March, yeah. now <laughs> April. Before it came. We keep saying it all the time. But my question to you is, so for Rose Ruff, for the company, is it easier or harder for you to bring your message in this virtual environment versus, versus conferences in person? Does it change the way, does it change the discussions for you? That's a really good question. Uh, so, I mean, I think from from a, from a sales perspective, um, it's been, I, I am personally um, uh, an in-person uh, a salesperson to define my, when speaking myself in that role. Um, and I, I found it a little more difficult, I think. I, it's it's certainly more scalable, <laughs> but do we have a, is there this, this genuine sort of human need to make a connection? What I haven't been able to do yet myself is is meet somebody online uh, and move through a full deal cycle uh, without actually shaking hands with that person. We've had some smaller business close um, in other departments of the business, we've, but we've been doing that a long time. We've been doing phone sales for some of the SMB clients. The enterprise side has been a little more um, difficult. That said, those sales cycles tend to be longer. So I think at the end of the year, I'll have a better answer. But right now, there, there does, for me anyway, seem to be a little something missing. But certainly... Um, there is there is there's a scalability aspect to to the virtual uh, the virtual world for sure. Great. How do people reach out and learn more? Yeah, just go to roserocket.com um, and there's there's plenty of buttons to push to to book a demo or get information. And you can certainly um, feel free to to find me on on really any social media. I'm 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 out there. Um, again, it's Justin Bailey B A I L I E, uh, and that's roserocket.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, on uh, our you, Slack Justin. channel, Tom Curry from Kingsgate Logistics, he says, uh, who's also, by the way, he's been on Freightwaves Insiders. There'll be a new one this week with uh, with Mr. Hickson, Mr. Mitch Hickson. Uh-oh. And uh, Liz Foreman from <laughs> okay. Try and Pay. That's going to that's gonna drop Friday. Yeah. Exciting stuff. But he said, here's a question. Will RPA, bots, and automation impact what the truck? And uh, my answer to that is probably not, unless they plan on replacing me with a robot. But hey, it's possible. <laughs> I don't know. Can you program it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. you can. <laughs> Uh, when we come back, we're going to have another guest. We'll see some more commercial here. And then Rishi Mara, Director of Strategy at Trimble Maps, will be will be on the line. We're going to be yeah, talking yeah. about oh, what they've been on. So they promised us they've been up to a lot of exciting things. So we yeah. can't wait to hear all about them. Absolutely. Guess what? We're back, man. We Again. That didn't take a long time. <laughs> that day. didn't take long at all. No. Had time to pop a little popcorn. <laughs> yeah, get that's right, right back up here. That's right. We little also had time to get some answers. Drinks. So I went and checked back in the Slack. One thing I love about doing oh, okay, all these good. shows live is the community engagement. And John Walters, CSO DL Cartel, he said, having been a manufacturer, that shipper, for those who don't know, I personally think that this concept layman. of just in case is aspirationally hopeful at best. No one wants to carry inventory. It's a just in time world inventory is expensive are you going to pay for it focus efforts on aggregating and making meaningful and unstructured data to improve supply chain predictability efficiency and resiliency 
Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with him 100%. But it's a conversation worth having, right? It, 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 because how is it going to change? And you, you have to future-proof your business. And we've, as a society, have to supply chain that is nimble, quick, and can handle these type of the unknown. Well, I'll tell you what. If we do move towards that, too, that something worse is going to have to happen. There's going to have to be a really deadly second wave. So let's all oh, yeah. hope for it. If we're going to build that's warehouses, That's the only way people open up stuff. their pocketbooks. Yeah, right? absolutely. All right, well, let's bring up our guest now. We got Rishi Mahar, Director of Strategy at Trimble Maps. Excited to have him joining us today. We have been been promised some amazing announcements from you, Rishi. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Nice to be on the show. Definitely don't have anything new announcement perspective, what I could announce today. But (laughs) I don't know how many of you all would have seen our announcement last week about the safety initiative that we all are doing around preventing back-of-the-queue accidents uh, around the work zones and construction zones that are still happening out out there. Nice. Oh, so the safety uh, on the road for the construction sites? Yes. So uh, along the highway, there are construction sites that are occurring, all the road work that's going on. There's a big study uh, authored by Purdue and the Joint Transportation Research Program out there, which was studying how many of the fatalities and the back of the queue accidents, especially for Class 8 vehicles, could be prevented based on predicting the slowdowns along their path and giving them that advance warning. Because me and you can drive and stop our Ferraris at a much faster speed than others, these Class 8 drivers can. And the truck drivers need that advance warning system out there to be able to stop in time and prevent those secondary crashes. Right. So advanced warning coming over, cresting a hill that there's media or a drastic slowdown in traffic that's just out of your line uh, of sight. We, we've all seen yeah. that, too. I Absolutely. mean, I, I'm not an 18 wheeler, but even in, in a Honda Civic, you, your stopping time over those blind spots can be really bad. Do you guys have any data on that? What, what are truck drivers usually entering into these zones? What speed are they going? Uh, we've seen that where we where it could have been prevented, these crashes and the fatalities, trucks are entering these zones at 50, 55 miles per hour. And it doesn't necessarily have to be top of the hill where visibility is not as good, but even the sudden slowdowns, because it's very difficult to put up the signs too far out based on a construction zone or a small vehicular crash that pre- builds up these queues, creating these back-of-the-zone crashes. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they can't put out the signs that, hey, road work up ahead or, or lane closed or whatever too far out. It's based on some sort of they, – they've got a standard for that, right? But if events occur, that then that changes. If there's a small bumper to bumper, you know, bumper-bumper uh, type of action or right. a wreck inside that zone, backs up for miles and suddenly you can't predict that too far out. Definitely not. And they need to drop their speeds from 60-plus miles per hour down to – five or 10 or come to a complete standstill in a very short distance. And we have seen what that does for especially the owner operators and others. A small accident like that can wreak havoc in their finances and all the claims that go around with it. We've we've heard numerous instances of insurance spikes and lots of carriers going out of business and shutting down operations. Hey, how is Trimble Maps supporting the transportation community during COVID-19 through your uh, free trip planning app? I, we hear these complaints all the time for drivers, right? Uh, closed rest stops, uh, highway services, all, all the information Park, Where's parking? Need. Where can I get food? Yeah, so what, what are you guys doing? So what we have done is uh, we have taken a three-pronged approach out here. Let's start with the drivers, the thing that you brought up first. So we launched a free web app, not requiring anyone to download anything onto their mobile phones. It's a simple website 
covid19.trimblemaps.com. And Dan Popkin from Trimble Maps had done a FreightWaves webinar around this, also highlighting these things. On that, we are showing all the statuses for the different rest areas that are open. If the amenities are closed, the amenity information is also updated. And the way this is different than all the other platforms out there that offer free information is we are putting our GIS team, 100 plus people who are curating this content, not just taking the information that is coming in from the crowdsource, uh, from the various drivers who are using this, but taking that information and verifying it and putting it back out as verified content. In addition to that, our Mylon trip planning app, which takes into consideration the driver's hours of service information, is also made available free of cost through this campaign in this pandemic. So the drivers do not have to think twice. They just enter their available hours of service. They put in their load information, and it plans out the rest breaks for them along their route path. This enables them, this takes into consideration the rest areas that are open. So, for example, they can plan which preference chain do they want to go with. Uh, TA announcing that they're going to be opening in the dine-in restaurants late, earlier today. They could That information would be live so that they can start using and planning according to their food preferences as well. And thirdly, a very important thing that we did also, which is not primarily focused towards drivers, but more from a back office perspective, is we made available our PC Miler web application to those who have working from home and could not get access to the PC Miler software working in their offices. So we made available the web app free to those people who already had licenses to our desktop application. So they could use that and still continue planning their business. Excellent. So three different levels, right? You've got more the tactical type of thing for the driver, which, uh, and then the, the the second one was the hours of service or my long trip, I think you, you, you called it, yeah. where they can plan out a longer cross-country trip or whatever it happens to be, a couple-day trip. Uh, and then one for the back office, the opening up those, those maps and the PC miler, et cetera, for those uh, back office people who are working remotely. That's yeah. correct, yes. Yeah. So the second application in there was my lawn, which was for the long-haul sure planning. Uh, Stuart Stratton, by the way, he he says Full Circle TMS has integrated the Trimble Maps Safe Haven Insert TMS and into their mobile app for their drivers. And he said that, Rishi, you personally helped him get that integration started. So a little feedback from the peanut gallery. It's great to hear that. And Stu's been a great partner at Full Circle TMS. Definitely exciting to work with him and bring change to the industry and the quickness with which they integrated what we had uh, was very promising to see. Ryan Mann, Managing Director at Empower International, he said, heck, I'd like that advanced warning feature just for my forward edge navigation. And he's got a hashtag baby on board, keeping people safe, doing the Lord's work. How do people reach out and learn more? Definitely. They can go to maps.tremble.com. There's information out there. They can learn more about the advanced warning system on our blog posting. There's a video posted out there as well. And they can reach out to me, my information. I'm active on the Slack channel as well. So if anyone wants to reach out with specific questions, more than happy to talk to them. Thank you very much for joining us, Rishi. By the way, Matt Thank Ziegler. Excellent. Thank you, Rishi. Matt Ziegler said, I am obviously paying too much for PC Miler if Rishi has a Ferrari. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that one. Uh, Charlie Jatz is Charlie Jatz from Waymo here. He's going to be coming on What the Truck. Yes, he is. He'll be up soon. Our next That's guest, right. though, is going to be, who is it, Jeff Clark, it's right? It's Jeff Clark, man. Oh, man, Jeff Clark has Vote a... Vote for Jeff. He's got a hell of a motto. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll let him, shall I? <laughs> we'll let him say it. Yeah, we won't ruin it. Don't, don't. Yes. Don't, don't. He's been on what we'll the truck as a guest before, though. But we love to reach out to to drivers, and this extends over from my, myself doing the Sirius XM Road Dog Show. So I've gotten to meet and talk to a lot of drivers there, and and get my finger on the pulse of some of the concerns that they have. Uh, my favorite part's that is being able to hear all that feedback too. Having drivers call in, I surveyed them, asked them what the number one issue facing them right now is, and it wasn't health, it wasn't COVID nineteen, it wasn't even rates, it was detention. Detention. Yeah. Another That's right. thing that cost. Yeah, them we big talked money. about that. Yeah. Yeah, detention, and he's Jeff. Jeff Clark's got some interesting perspective on that. Yeah, right? you know, I was talking to Ingrid, too, and she was saying that some of the ways they've been able to expedite drivers by, you know, making more things automated in terms right. of sign-ins and stuff. But she said then they do something else just to screw it all back up. So there's <laughs> another cog in the uh, so, Well, the, the effort's over. there, though. Yes. Right? It's, it's the thought that counts. It is the thought that counts. But so I, I when particularly we come- love Jeff's uh, input because he's very level-headed. Great insights. He is. When we come back, we'll be talking to Jeff Clark. He's that truck driver. He'll bring a, he'll bring the word of the street to us. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, We're going right. to talk to. Uh, we promised it. We're going to talk to Jeff Clark. Here he is. He's that truck driver. Yeah. He's on the road right now. He's driving through Minnesota, or he's arriving in Minnesota with a shipment full of boxes, and he's also published a new article talking about an issue that we have been keeping a close eye on, reaching out to the driver community, and that is conditions at shipper facilities, uh, conditions for drivers, conditions with carriers if they're getting the PPE. We see a lot of press releases about PPE getting out there, but is it arriving in the right places? Are drivers getting it? Are they protected out there? Uh, he, uh, he'll have his own opinion on that one, and he's the guy out there doing the hard work. Yeah, he is, and he's got it posted on his LinkedIn account right now. Perfect. Called, Jeff Clark. Uh, essentially up Untouchable, on. I think. Yeah. Is he here on the line? Hey, Jeff. Yes. Hey, yeah, man. There he is. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I've, I've been teasing for the past day and a half your motto. And I can't say it. I want you to say it, though. Which motto is it? I got a couple. It's the one about <laughs> running or not running into. Oh. Yeah, basically, if I was a FMCSA chairman, I would have the basic arts, basic philosophies. Don't run into shit. <laughs> if you can do yeah. something that makes it more likely you're going to run into the shit, don't do that. If it makes you less likely to run into the shit, do that. <laughs> Vote for Jeff. Yeah. So, Jeff, how is, how is life for you guys on the road being a driver during the pandemic? Uh, before you came on air during the commercial, you were telling us that you, you actually just published an article uh, that dives into that territory. So unpack it for us a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's strange. Um, and I'm insulated. You know, I'm a, I'm a contract caller now. We, we, we basically do a lot of dedicated contract calling. And, um, you know, I've, I've most of my life, I've, I've hauled toilet paper. Um, now I'm hauling cardboard boxes. I spent about five years hauling meat. But um, I've always kind of been a dedicated, curious. So I don't really get the ups and downs that, that most people get. The strangest thing for me is, you know, you, 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 I was at a Went into a, a truck stop north of Milwaukee that has the McDonald's inside. My, my monthly quarter pounder with cheese. I love those things, but I know how bad they are for me. So, uh, <laughs> but the lobby was closed. Oh, that sucks, you know. The lobbies are closed. And you, you don't have a don't have a car. I walk walk into the line. There's set about four cars deep in the line to get my quarter pounder with cheese. The lady the lady in front of me paid for it. So, you know, a little bit of that. A little bit of 
no, you can't come in the building. You know, but I was in the building last week. You know, yeah, but you can't come in this week. <laughs> uh, more things change the more they you know, stay the so same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's always been a, a thief of mine. Yeah. That was one of the things that funny things that happened in my life doing what I've done is somebody did an interview with published an interview with me about buildings that wouldn't let places that wouldn't let you use the bathroom. Funny thing is, I never met the guy that did the interview with me. So it's like uh I sent him an email and said, you know, I'm not that hard to find if you want to interview me, you know. You can find me, but uh, been a pet peeve of mine for thirty years uh, of, of not being able to uh, coming into a place they won't let you use the bathroom, or you have a, a separate quote truckers facility, you know the one they don't ever clean. Um, but now it's a little bit now it's just a little bit worse. A little bit, you know, now it's it's hard to blame them because they're because you know, they're trying to protect their people and their people are worried and. Uh, as long as I get a bad warning, I guess it doesn't bother me. But when you show up in a place and, and you're 61 years old, you got to pee. And it's like, what do you mean? You, you're close today. You know? so. Yeah, that's that, that sounds rough, Jeff. So, yeah. You, at Freight Waves Live, and we've been talking about innovation for the last few days and with a bunch of different uh, people and different companies, that type of stuff. From your perspective, we'd like to find out what kind of innovation would benefit you the most right now. What would you like to see as far as innovations? You mean equipment or? Um, Just in general. Yeah, in general. It could be uh, equipment, uh, checking in, checking out at a shipper, constantly, whatever. You know, it's so funny what I've been writing about for, you know, 15, 20 years, a lot of it's coming true now. Accidentally, we're, you know, we're, we, we are dropping trailers. We're not responsible for counts anymore. And that, that's a good thing that, that's, that's coming into vogue. Um, the equipment, uh, you know, everybody says, give me the good old days. I said, oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> I'll take my, I'll take my, I'll take my new truck over my, you know, truck that, yeah, I knew it was cold outside because it was cold inside. Oh, yeah. That, that, That's that the worst thing you get scrape the outside of the window and the inside of the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always bad. Yeah. And, and you put your car hearts because of the leaks, the leaks the door. Hey, Je- the deal. So the, oh, hey Jeff, I asked, so kind of I'm glad that you have most of the innovations and, and you get to run your business yeah. on the road. But I asked the road dog trucking audience of, of drivers over the weekend what their biggest concern was. And I didn't hear back anything really about the pandemic, even rates, which have been a big topic. They said their biggest concern was detention time and solutions that can help mitigate that as much as possible. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, that's always been a problem since I've been trucking. Uh, detention time. It's, it's a little better now, partly because of my circumstance and partly because what well, happened to me. You know, I, that's sort of one of my fears of what could happen now is one of the things that, that, that drove some improvement in, in detention time was uh, a lack of capacity. Now that we, we're sort of in an overcapacity situation, I'm really worried that it's going to go backslide. Uh, well, you know, there's two other trucks waiting for the snow, and you could wait a little longer. That's a deal. Yeah, that, that, that's a big concern. But it sounds like, you know, a lot of the, the things that are changing now because of necessity are helping that situation, and those are the ones you'd like to see stay on as innovation, which is really cool. So it, it, it kind of leads into the next. We did our shipper choice of wards today, this morning. Uh, and so from your perspective, a driver's perspective, what do you think makes a great shipper? What makes you want to hit the dock and say, uh, or what makes you dread going to a certain docks? 
get me out of there. <laughs> just get me in, get me out. That's yeah, the number I'm, one thing. Don't uh, waste my I, time. I don't care if you call me. You know, yeah, don't call. You can call me anything you want. Just you know, don't call me late. Uh, the uh, <laughs> it always reminds me of a place that you know years ago I I, I paid my living, you know, unloading floor loads or palletizing floor loads, pretty much. What is the what, what, Jeff? Bad. What do you think is something that they could do to increase that that in out time for you? What is the biggest holdup at most of these places? I know it varies from some of the unavailable lumpers, bad check in processes, just congestion in lines. What would what would help you? A lot of it is, is that you know just everything you know, should, to me everything should be sealed. You come into a place, it's not a shipper load count, and, and and you don't have they don't have to count it. And you don't have to verify it because well, you're not responsible for it. What what happens so many times is, is there'll be a discrepancy in the count. Now it, it'll be on you. You could have picked up a drop trailer, a sealed drop trailer. You deliver it, and they're short five cases. Well, they sit there. Our five cases are you know two oh one two three instead of two oh one two two, and um, they'll sit there and negotiate with the shipper. While you stand there with your thumb up your or thumb in your ear, and uh, you know, just we're not involved in that. Don't get us involved in that. You deal with them and get us out. Another problem is is, is they they don't have uh, staging areas. A lot of these places, especially refrigerated warehouses, they don't necessarily have uh, staging areas. When I worked in the warehouse business years ago, we picked the load the night before the truck out there and put it in a staging area. So when the truck out there, you might have 20 skids. You just turn around and put the 20 skids on this truck. Nowadays, because a lot of the, the infrastructure for these buildings don't have staging areas, they have to pick the load as they're loading it. So to me, a lot of it's just some of these buildings just have to go back to having a, uh, a staging area. Yeah, it, it sounds like, I mean, we talked before, and it sounds like really that, that respect by the shipper for your time. Mm-hmm. Right? It's getting, I, I didn't count it. I picked up a sealed trailer. Why do I have to do that? So really excellent stuff. Okay. Really excellent stuff, Yeah, Jeff. he mentioned Thank an article so where, Jeff, before we let you go, where do people go to find that? Um, well, Spurconish is S-M-E-R-C-O-N-I-S-H dot com is the website. Uh, and I put them up on, on my LinkedIn page. And as, as what happened last time, a lot of other people picked it up. And it's basically it's if you, if you Google, I suppose essential. essential oh, Jeff, their commercial is going to cut us off, but everyone go and check out Jeff Clark. Look him up. We really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Amen. Welcome right. to the last leg of this What the Truck Tour. Yeah. Hey, man, we started this journey. We started this episode talking about the Silicon Valley of South America. We but, did. Uh, but our guest today is from the Silicon Valley of Silicon Valley. Of Silicon Valley. Valley. That's right. Coming in from... So we went from uh, Medellin. The Medi- or, so is this the Medellin of the Bay Area now? Uh, uh, we, could it be? It could be. I don't know. We'll have Do- to ask him. Look, the second this remote work thing popped up, I have seen so many of IT Twitter and tech Twitter getting so excited for these work-from-home possibilities because a lot of places, including Slack, who we've mentioned a billion times, they don't let their developers work from home. you got to work on site. And a lot of, a lot, ironically, a lot of these companies making these remote solutions don't actually allow their oh, employees right? to work remote. <laughs> they yeah. gotta, oh, wow. That's, Hell of a um, thing. Uh, so our irony. guest is Charlie Jett. He's the trucking commercial lead at Waymo. 
Charlie, is his role is centered around commercial operations and working with fleets to forge partnership and customer relations. Thank you so much for joining us today, Charlie. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to be here. Man, self-driving cars. You know, this is really cool stuff. Very interesting. Yeah, Charlie, I don't know if you have been watching all of these sessions, but a a topic that's been coming up about the self-driving space is uh, about acceptance, right? Is is COVID-19 helping the acceptance to the world of driverless cars, driverless cabs, driverless Ubers and all that kind of stuff? What's your opinion? Yeah, we've certainly seen a lot of that reaction, you know, especially even outside of the trucking world with our passenger transportation efforts and our local goods delivery efforts. There's obviously a lot going on right now where people want to do things like touchless delivery, um, keep the inside of passenger vehicles, uh, you know, more clean and sanitized. Um, So we've seen a mix of reactions. We've definitely seen that reaction. I think we at Waymo, we take a long-term view. So COVID-19 is obviously what's on everybody's minds right now, but we're definitely focused on the long-term potential of our technology to just make our roads safer across all modes of transportation. Excellent. Thank you, Charlie. So can you talk a bit about the trucking solutions uh, that you guys offer? The yeah, self-driving? Me, uh, about Waymo and, um, and just give a little bit of background outside of trucks as well. So we at Waymo, we're really focused on building what we call the world's most experienced driver. So Essentially, that means just the technology, the hardware and software package to um, help drive vehicles autonomously, fully self-driving. We've been working on uh, fully driverless technology since 2009. Now, what most people know us for is they know us for our efforts in personal transportation, things like our autonomous ride-hailing service, the Waymo One service in the Phoenix metro area. But we've been working on Class 8 trucks since as early as 2017. And From the beginning, back in 2009, we designed our technology really as a platform so that it could be applied to multiple different types of vehicles, different business applications. And now here in 2020, we've been ramping up our efforts, especially in the Class 8 sector, quite a bit over the last couple of years. And it's an exciting time for us here at Waymo. We're really committed to be in this space uh, over the long term. What are some of the benefits that this can provide to to fleets, the nuts and bolts, and how you work with them to... Deploy it. We deal a lot with with some carriers. A lot of them are just starting to embrace technology. Some still haven't. How do you approach it? Yeah, I mean, something that's interesting about autonomous technology is it's definitely going to be a gradual technology rollout. So it's really important to us to partner with the industry early on to make sure that we're designing a solution that can be seamlessly and easily adopted so that they and the rest of the industry can really leverage the best. Think of it in three broad categories. First and foremost is the dependability. So the safety of our system is is really top of the line. Um, And the reliability of having a fully driverless truck uh, scheduled deliveries out and back over long hauls every day, day and night, uh, is a huge benefit just to know that the goods are going to get where they need to get on time every time. The second is efficiency. Uh, you know, we're new to this industry, but we know that there's lots of inefficiencies that persist. Things like asset utilization being restricted by hours of service, um, excessive dwell times in traffic and at pickup and drop-off sites, um, lots of empty backhauls. And by having the flexibility to smartly schedule an autonomous truck when and where you need it, 
we think that you could potentially impact some of those inefficiencies. And then lastly is definitely the, the cost savings opportunity. So not only the savings opportunity to reduce the cost to operate a truck, but also things like uh, lower insurance premiums from a safer solution, higher fuel efficiency, fewer repairs from fewer incidents, et cetera. So it really is quite a broad base of potential benefit, we believe. Awesome. So, Charlie, you know, the, the view of this or the understanding of where we're at with this technology ranges from people who think it's going to be here tomorrow or it's, may, it's way further along than you think to people say, ah, it's not coming for 10, 15, 25 years. Where are we at with testing? And uh, is it already adopted in certain situations? Are we in certain testing environments? What's going on right now? Yeah, let me actually give you the picture on both the passenger car side and the truck side, because awesome. the passenger side, I think, gives you a view to how it might roll out on the truck side. So with our passenger minivans, we are operating COVID-19 aside um, every day with fully driverless passenger minivans. That means just like an Uber or Lyft, you order uh, a Waymo vehicle, it shows up at your doorstep fully empty, you hop in, it takes you to work or dinner or lunch or, or wherever you're trying to get, uh, drops you off and drives away. Again, fully empty, the, the technology is doing the full driving task. So in that sense, the technology is already here today in some use cases. Now, on the truck side, we're a little further out. Um, we're still solidly in, in testing phase where we're designing the solution in partnership with the industry, but it's coming in the next several years. When it does come and, and we have fully driverless trucks on the road, it'll be gradual. So you'll see certain use cases, certain types of fleets, certain geographies, and certain routes deploy much sooner. And it's not going to be an overnight transition from all of a sudden transitioning the entire industry to autonomous trucks. It's very much going to be gradual, but you'll start to see the first instances within the next several years. Excellent. And so we've also heard some things. So how is the integration? So you don't build the class A trucks. You're building right. the platforms that integrate into them, correct? That's right. We focus on the hardware and the software to autonomously drive the vehicle. Right. So, so how is that working? Is there hurdles there working with those class eights? Do they have, uh, as we've talked with other people, do they have the redundancies or are they working on the redundancy of systems that would allow for the safety factors, the non-failure events? Yeah, it's a great question and something that's super important to us, especially because of our commitment to really develop and deploy this technology safely and responsibly. Um, I would say the ecosystem is starting to rally around those redundancies that are needed. Uh, candidly, it's a bit behind what we've seen on the passenger car side, and that's really a reflection of where the autonomous sector has been on passenger cars versus trucks. Um, and we've been very pleased with how the ecosystem is rallying around to the needs of redundancy for things like braking, steering, power systems, et cetera, such that the system as a whole can be completely safe in the event of any subsystem running into any failure. Yeah, excellent, Charlie. Really interesting stuff. Thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, how do people really reach out and learn more? Yeah, find me on the Slack channel and excited to connect with anybody interested. Good stuff. Go. Thank you awesome. so much for taking Thank the you, time Charlie. out. Super insightful. Great guest. But you know what? Stay tuned for a fireside chat with Freightways President George Abernathy. And who is he talking to? Jordan, Jordan Graft? Graft? Yeah. That's right. You excited for it? Sure. They're going to be talking about the market, what's going on, where are we heading, and how can brokers best prepare? A question I'm sure every broker is asking right now as we sit through and sift through these moments of uncertainty. One thing I've learned today through a lot of these conversations is that 
a lot of the leaders in supply chain, I think I have more confidence in than what I'm hearing when I turn on the regular networks and hear from government officials and stuff. Everyone just seems so lost, but it's so comforting to hear so many of our partners, friends in the industry, brothers and sisters that work among us coming up with plans for their staffs, for, for us and for our goods. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's such clear direction, and when there is, where there isn't clarity, there's this collaborative. Well, we're not sure, but we're working with these with these partners and these partners to work out those different solutions and re and you know real answers like Charlie's talking about. Right there, there are challenges with bringing autonomous, uh, you know, autonomy to Class Eight vehicles. Yeah, and upfront about that. And Brad Gillette, connect with him. Uh, connect with him, Charlie. In the What the Truck channel, he wants to talk a little bit about level three, level four, and level five autonomous vehicles. Exciting stuff. Take right. over the channel with that. Awesome stuff. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Hey, this is the last What the Truck of the day, but we will be back with an events podcast wrap-up. I'll be here for the icebreaker. Like we just mentioned, we get that fireside chat, full slate of content, and then we're here all day again tomorrow. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back. So, yeah, the time time flies when you're uh, when you're having fun at Freightways Live at home. It really does. It's just blowing by. And you know what? This is like the time when I would start to hit my wall at a normal conference. But yeah, I'm feeling fresh. Yeah, living. I'm drinking agua, living that pura vida, man. Yeah, baby. The people in the chat room, too, on Slack, really enjoying it, too. Luke Wechtal, Platform Science, said great conference. Joshua McMahon, Supply Chain Analyst, he said great conference again today. When does the icebreaker start? I'm sure there's some people funneling in there already. It'll take yeah. me a little bit because we do have a big <laughs> interview coming up. But before that, did Jordan Graft, did Jordan Graft end the debate between JIT and JIC on our Slack channel? That's the just-in-time versus the just-in-case stockpile economy. I think he absolutely did. I don't know if he intended to or not, but the reaction, and, and I posted my thoughts in there. I said <laughs> he absolutely ended it right there. Liquidity is the utmost of importance right now in center stage, right? They're seeing a lot of pressure being applied on liquidity as payment terms are being extended. The focus of the industry and logistics is protecting liquidity and mm. stockpiling or just-in-case philosophy does not support that. Yeah, I mean, what's our, what's our role in a stockpiled economy, right? I mean, we kind of like the optimization, but so does everyone else because it saves them, saves them money. And unless some, we mentioned last segment, unless something really awful happens, we don't see that conversion. Uh, Mr. Supply Chain, he said, great points, Jordan Graft. We need to secure liquidity. Yet everyone is saying we should stockpile. Got to say, I'm thinking liquidity wins this round. So he's calling it for liquidity. Anything else from that Graft Abernathy summit stick out? Because I think Michael Caney sums it up pretty well. He said a lot of what Jordan Graft is saying reminds me of many things. Jim Collins pointed out in Great by Choice with respect to 10-time companies and leaders focusing on their cash position and fanatic discipline. No wonder Triumph is a stellar company. They have shown themselves to be. No, I think it's summed up right there. It, 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 the focus on liquidity is forefront right now, front and, center, and it should be. Yeah, and that's and that's really what the takeaway was that I got from it, and uh, killing that whole debate. Dude, the other big one that really resonated with people was Brian Felco, CEO of Jetco Delivery, executive vice president at the GTA Group. He was talking about safety. Scott Randall said, at its core, safety is a matter of avoidance. We must value not having accidents over prioritizing our focus on who caused it. We give greater voices to initiatives like F FMCSA's preventability determination than we do discussing the values and attitudes that push us to reduce exposure to all risk, not just preventable ones. Yeah, absolutely. So you, Justin Shepard writes, preach. I talk about safety all day long, and sometimes it's just an echo chamber. Yeah. 
right? And it really speaks to what uh, Cassandra Gaines was talking about earlier today when she was talking about the bottom feeders, right? Breaking that cycle, breaking the cycle that starts with our acceptance of poor behavior. We need to go ahead and start. Yeah, uh, get ahead of suing the people and attack the behavior that allows that to happen. Yeah, John Walters, he he was such a big fan. He asked Emily for the Vimeo link and even broke it down. He said, on safety culture or implementation of any significant positive transformative change, I love what Brian said, and I want to make sure people hear here, it's okay to part ways with people if they're actively working against you, not in a personal vendetta way, but to simply acknowledge that about 20% are potential ludites or set in their ways and becomes perhaps unwittingly negative or toxic. Free yourself from that burden. Remain focused on positive change. Let that change shape your organization. Yeah, you're right. And another slacker writes, Joseph D. Coast III, excellent presentation. Love the 20-60-20 analogy on 20% uh, understanding, 60% scared, not sure, and 20% against you, and they need to get off the bus. Safety is culture. We heard that said in there. Talk about T-shirts. Send it to the printing press. Put it on your back. Where that Ken Craig, too, he's talking about safety, but more of talking about ransomware. And I think especially now that trucking companies, carriers are being targeted. Now that we have all this remote work, too, it's opening the door to that vulnerability. Yeah, it really is. And unfortunately, I think the cat's out of the bag that our industry is becoming tech savvy. And these criminals are looking for somebody who is tech savvy they can get into and maybe not aware of preventing. And know what's really cool? We're going to have a big announcement. We're going to talk to Platform Science when we come back from the break. It's Daimler Trucks will embed Platform Science telematics software. North America's largest truck maker chooses startup to replace aftermarket hardware. We'll be back. Daimler Trucks will embed Platform Science telematics software. Huge announcement. Joining us now is Jake Fields, the co-founder and CTO of Platform Science. How you doing, Jake? You're looking great. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Seems like you've been doing a good job holding it down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. our first virtual event. I don't know if it's yours or not, but we're having a great time. Yeah, awesome. it's great, Jake. Good to see you. Where are you, where are you Skyping in from? Uh, San Diego, California. All right. Beautiful nice San stuff. Diego. I heard people have been storming the beaches over there. I got some ties <laughs> over in Southern California, and they're saying that the second the weather got nice, it was, I don't know, it cured COVID-19 for a lot of people, I guess. Those those L.A. folks. So down here, we're, we're a little bit more tame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, hey, so we, we mentioned it. Daimler Trucks will embed platform science telematics software. Sounds awesome. Why does this partnership matter, though? Yeah, definitely. Um, for a number of big reasons. So uh, I think most importantly, customer choice. So eliminating some of the single vendor problem that's existed in the past um, is definitely an important reason. Uh, third-party developers is definitely a big goal of who we're trying to elevate the visibility to and the overall distribution model. So allowing for reach and access to the market that was never possible before for these third-party developers to allow them to help innovate what's going on. Uh, Similarly, on fleets, um, allowing them to create their own applications, make smarter, better applications, and deploy them to their drivers a little bit easier. Um, Another reason I think is really important they don't want to miss is providing Daimler with a closer connection to their drivers and to their fleets, um, serving their customers in ways that weren't possible before. So obviously incorporating the software into DTNA's vehicles is removing costs, delays, and some of the inconveniences. But overall, I think we're dramatically improving the experience for all the stakeholders involved. Excellent stuff. So can you give us any uh, further insights or details into the partnership? 
Yeah, so Platform Science will be the primary on-vehicle uh, fleet software development distribution partner for GTNA. So we're going to allow customers to purchase and use third-party telematics solutions uh, directly on their trucks without aftermarket hardware. Um, so we're enabling distribution not just of um, third-party applications, our applications, but anybody within the industry so that fleet owners can have easier access to these different titles. Big contract, big, big account to lend, major truck maker in Daimler. How does this change platform science business, though? Because you'll have to grow to service this account. What does this mean for what's next? And this has to be good news for 2020 for you guys, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's transformative, but not disruptive to our model. Uh, we've always been a platform company, uh, hence the name. So hardware has really been a means to the end. Um, we've really focused on the software distribution side of things, understanding that that's what everybody really needs. How do they get software to their drivers and to their vehicles? So I think this partnership really validates that vision. Um, I think what's transformative is the first time that a open software distribution platform has really been available that comes with the truck. Well, that, that's interesting. So uh, one of, my question to this is, is can you give us any uh, further specifics on, the, on the, uh, what tech from Platform Science will be in these trucks? Is it, is it, is, does the truck come with it? Is it, is it custom ordered by the, by the person who's ordering the trucks from DTNA? Or? Yeah, so it will come with the vehicles, um, and it will be able to be enabled as a service. Um, it will be supported by our transportation-specific uh, mobile device management or MDM software. So fleets can choose from the different compliance, safety, productivity apps um, from us or third-party developers um, that they'd like to deploy to their drivers. So ultimately, the goal is uh, to provide fleets with any apps or any software that they find useful, um, all in a single telematics-enabled platform. Jake, trucks have drivers, right? Did you, did you keep them in mind? How will this benefit the truck drivers, the guys behind the wheel, the guys that are moving America forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, drivers, you know, they've always been our top priority. You know, they're, they're the end users of the software. They're incredibly important to the operations. So the software has been designed from day one to make their lives easier. So we've spent tens of thousands of hours in focus groups and studies with drivers, making the software more user-friendly for them, but also ultimately giving them the right tools for the job. Um, and that's a combination of software from providers throughout the industry. So I think the important part is to allow the software to work better together when you have different applications that have context that understand what a driver's doing so they aren't repeatedly entering different pieces of information over and over again. Um, so they see the right applications that they need to see as opposed to having uh, an overwhelming number of apps and application fatigue. So we cut out a lot of the useless steps and ultimately make it easier for you know third-party developers to do the same thing. Wow, it sounds like really good stuff, Jake. Really awesome, thank you so much. So how do people learn more about this? Where do they go? Yeah, so if you go to uh, platformscience.com, uh, that'll lead you to a number of different uh, areas for information. Um, you can sign up, receive notifications, and stay tuned. Um, so definitely looking to bring all the fleets up to speed, third-party developers, and, and everybody that wants to participate. So uh, we really want to just you know thank Daimler for being a great partner. Uh, we're excited to be able to help push things forward for fleets and drivers and you know contribute and do our part. Hey, Jake, we miss having your booth to stop by picking up those great platform science hats and yeah. shirts and tachkis that you guys have. But this will have to do for now. But uh, when we can shake hands again, we'll shake yours, my friend. Thanks for joining us today.
<laughs> Sounds good. Have a good Thanks. one. He gave us the chicken wings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got all the chicken brother. wings now. <laughs> uh, big stuff. Big <laughs> stuff. Man. It is. It's huge. You know, stuff Love like it. this, stuff like the, putting putting things in trucks, but making uh, uh, you know quality of life improvements for drivers. It's got to resonate big with them. Part of making quality of life improvements for drivers is also tied into shipper of choice. We started the day giving that award out and. Uh, Exciting things, right? Yeah, no, it really is exciting things. And one of the things that he, that Jake mentioned, it kind of flew past there, is is uh, app fatigue, right? So there's oh, there's yeah. a lot of different tools there, but integrating them all into one location is is so helpful. And screen and so fatigue, we talked about that. You got the app yeah, fatigue, you got the screen no fatigue. <laughs> Mike Turner, he uh, he's not fatigued though. He said he never imagined how impressive a virtual event such as Freightways Live at Home could be in this new environment of social distancing. Until I per- personally witnessed it firsthand over the past two days, I think other organizations should consider duplicating this virtual format for their events as a value-added addition to their standard in-person events in the future. Even after things eventually return to normal, I am a people person and much rather network face-to-face. However, this might very well be a new norm. Great job, Freightways. And this is what we expressed through the theme of talking about integrating technology while keeping relationships. It was why it was the focus of Put That Coffee Down. And it's why in almost every talk about freight tech, relationships are brought into it. People, are, are, people matter because there's still that school of thought that just because we're virtual, we're no longer human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> relationships do matter, and I, here, I mean, the testimony after testimony, and, and us living it, going through here, and, and everybody who's watching, I'm sure the sentiment is the same. The, it, the 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 ability to network and be involved with this conference, I think it's even more. Oh yeah, I mean, it, for it us, feels like it's intensified the interaction with people even more because you're trying to run through these big conference halls and so on and so forth. I can just ping that person that's five rooms away normally. Bang, I can network with right away. Oh, yeah, you could have 12 different side conversations yeah. going on while having an earbud in one ear and paying attention to what someone's saying, taking notes with your fingers. I'm There's w- a lot going on. I'm watching Jordan Graff and, and George Abernethy talk. Really, really inspiring, really interesting, a great talk. And at the same time, I'm learning what everybody else is thinking about as well. It's only, exact same as, time. <laughs> it's only as productive as you make it. And so yeah. that, that one commenter who wrote under that story that it was like watching a 30-minute TV show and they, they couldn't, well, it's, again... It's only as valuable as you make it. We we're just doing <laughs> we're just yeah. doing our best. Absolutely. Day three's coming up tomorrow. We have a whole other action-packed day still to come. Let's break down the rundown. Let's take a look at the takeout menu. What's coming up? <laughs> what can you do tomorrow, right? Yeah. So the ways in which coronavirus may reset and the way we do things with Brooke Sutherland, industrial and M and A columnist for Bloomberg, is up in the morning. Wow. Which is nice. That's got to be that's got to be a super interesting. I'll one. be tuned in. She'll be with George Abernathy again, who is always entertaining and, and really informative. If you've been online, you've seen the teaser for this one. It's driving diversity with three lovely ladies. You got Tracy Black, Luann Abrams, and Lori Hiona Royer. They're having a great rundown of what diversity means in supply chain logistics. We're doing an okay job, but we could always be doing better. Yeah, excellent. And then uh, responding to the coronavirus pandemic with real time logistics technology with Bill Dreger. Oh, that's your buddy. Yeah, he's my buddy. You he's excited a, for that he, one? He's a punk rocker. I'll be watching. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. And he's also head of operations and co-founder of Uber Freight, if you didn't know that. 
<laughs> uh, That's kind of his second title. <laughs> but here, here's the big one, though. We're going to ring the bell. I believe it's at 1030 tomorrow when the great debate, our volumes on the up and up. Craig Fuller, founder and CEO of Freightways. He takes on Zach Strickland, market analyst. George Abernathy, he's going to be the referee. If you've been to any of our live events, you have seen that these debates have been a key feature of them. Oh, yeah. Um, Craig may be licking his wounds after what happened in Chicago. <laughs> you think? But Zach, I think, I think Zach might have an uphill battle because, you know, every good story, right? We talk about this in journalism. Every good story, every story about freight starts and ends with sonar. And, so, and who, the judging of that debate, I don't know why we have George there, maybe just to keep people civil, because sonar is really going to tell the tale. Oh, oh, it is. I'll be watching Slack for sure. <laughs> you know, during this, well, and, and during this debate to find out what's going on, because there will be the real score, right? I look forward to what, what the aftermath of it, which I yeah. think might be even more exciting than the debate itself. Did he get that first down or didn't he get that By the way, we do down. a ton of other shows on here. Tuesdays and Thursdays do that coronavirus freight market update. Every day at noon, there's some sort of live show going on on Freightways, be it What the Truck, Put That Coffee Down, uh, the coronavirus freight market update. Then we have other shows later on in the day. Freight forecasting. I wasn't going to forget you. I'm right. saving the best for last, my man. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun. Also, Freightways Now, our longstanding show, they must be up to, I don't know, almost their 300th episode. Yeah. well, it's, Always cranking yeah. that out. Daily. How many demos? By the way, one of the guys you know on there is Anthony Smith, and hasn't he been doing a great job giving the demos, getting you excited to see them? I think we have nine more. We have nine more of those coming nine in tomorrow. Nine more times we get to witness Anthony Smith's grandeur. <laughs> Our lead economist, very smart guy. I have him on freight forecasting quite a bit. He's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, he's a worthwhile guest. Awesome. He's a worthwhile guest. We oh, also yeah. have, uh, Absolutely. What about this one? Building an autonomous freight shipping business with Don Burnett. He's the CEO of Kodiak Robotics. He'll be talking to our reporter, Linda Baker. Now, I would like to build one if it'll run itself. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be great. Dude. I really like it, right? Well, it goes out of business, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, branding, how your personal branding as an extension of the company you're working for is vital for success post-COVID-19. That's Steve Ferreira, That's man. Steve Ferreira. you got to watch that. Uh, CEO Ocean, Ocean Audit, sorry about that. And Elaine uh, Pofelt, journalist and author of the Million Dollar One Person Business. That, that's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be tuning into that. <laughs> Finally, because... you caught a tough name. They usually I did. Well, well, you know, I just uh, think it. What everyone wants to know is how to improve fleet performance with in-cab mobile technology, especially if right now used truck, new truck orders are at their lowest. So a lot of people may be stuck with technology fleets that they bought in that big mad rush in 2018 where there were record numbers of them and they're going to need new software solutions and they're going to have to run some older solutions more efficiently. So that'll be super helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that, that, and that's me with Eric Anderson, Vice President of Enterprise Accounts at Stratix. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it says oh. right there. Oh, I, I didn't even get to the bottom one. I was, just, I was so excited by the topic itself. I didn't even need go, to go down man. there. Here's <laughs> another big story. And right before COVID-19 broke, right before this big pandemic, a, a big topic of conversation that was in a lot of the rooms here, other freight tech companies throughout the industry, was what happened with the fallout after WeWork, right? The WeWork fallout and what that did to the venture capital market. Well, there's going to be a great session here on the role of private equity in trucking logistics and freight tech. Now, John Larkin, operating partner at Clarendon Capital, and JT Engstrom, he's a CSO over here at Freightways. They're going to talk about it. And I think that 
It's funny. A pandemic hits and the guidance, which you would think would be maybe not now isn't a great time to go out and raise funding. Well, actually, it may be. There's been some new polls coming in that saying that where funding is going to is now coming back into our sector. So that's exciting. It will be exciting. It will be exciting. I can't wait to both those guys. John Larkin been reading his stuff for years. It's awesome. Uh, obviously, JT Engstrom known him for many years, and he's our CSO. That's going to be really important. And then after that, we've got transportation and international trade. Darren Prokop, professor of logistics, University of Alaska, Anchorage, and Nate Tabak, border and North American correspondent, Freightwave. So, oh man, uh, I love I love Darren Prokop. I I haven't <laughs> met him yet. He's up in Alaska. He's in the Great White North, but I, I love his work. He's like one of those mad professor genius. Yeah. That has like a giant inflatable globe, just like the kind of guy you want to teach you, I don't know, geography, social <laughs> studies, or uh, professional studies. We also got What the Trucks, a bunch of other stuff. By the way, by the way, the show's not over. Go into the Icebreakers form, Icebreakers by Loadshore. Tons of connections on there, and it's not just typing. Sick of typing all day? In this one, you could actually voice and video chat yeah. with your friends and neighbors. You've been talking all day on Slack or maybe. You were like in, in, in a past life, you know, you come in a conference, you uh, stay two, you're out too late, day one. You slept through most of day two, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, then you well, just rookies, show up at the bar rookies afterwards. Rookies do that. <laughs> well, that's it. Just show up icebreakers, that load shore. Yeah. It's going to be amazing stuff. Catch you guys tomorrow. We'll be right back at 9 a.m. Looking forward to seeing you there. Freightways Live at home.